0: Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. Hi, right, welcome to the Dan Bongino Show. Producer Joe, how are you today? Just so glad to be here, Dan. Just glad yes, to be I here. Yes, I can yeah. tell. Yeah. I can tell. Folks, yep. if you're in Mississippi, get out and vote today. Yes, you're not listening to a show on some massive three-week tape delay. There is a special election today. As many of you know, I don't mean to sound like a condescending jerk. That's not my intention. But <laughs> a lot of people have lives. They, You know, they go out there and they're bringing their kids to soccer games. They're laying bricks. Uh, they're architecting out houses and stuff. So you got jobs and lives and people can get distracted. Don't forget to vote in the Senate race today in Mississippi. Uh, Republican Cindy Hyde-Smith against Mike Espy. Uh, please get out and vote. We need that seat. Don't take any chances. Remember what happened with Scott Brown where we won that seat in Massachusetts in a special where turnout was very low. Mm -hmm. Today's a special election today. Well, it's a runoff. Technically, it's not really a special. It's a runoff election. Turnout will be low. Let's not have any upsets in Mississippi. Get out there and vote. All right. So uh, enough on that public service announcement for the day. Hey, so breaking news just before I came on the air um, about Manafort. The Washington Examiner is reporting that Manafort may have met with uh, Julian Assange uh, about the WikiLeaks uh, this is uh, I just saw this come over hmm. uh, Paul the title is Paul Manafort at mystery meetings with WikiLeaks Julian Assange ahead of 2016 election I want to explain to you what's going on here folks because this involves uh, some very serious stuff uh, before we get to that today's show brought to you by our buddies a Teeter I just got off the Teeter just got off the Teeter I can't say enough about our next sponsor the Teeter Inversion Table do it before every show clears my head you get like the Teeter high off it it's incredible with a teeter inversion table, you will use gravity and your own body to decompress your spine and relieve pressure on your discs and surrounding nerves. I've got a lot of pressure. I've got bad arthritis. It works great for me. Decompressing on a teeter inversion table for just a few minutes a day is a great addition to anyone's daily routine to maintain a healthy spine and active lifestyle without the pain. If you have back pain, even if you have been lucky enough to avoid back pain, you need a teeter to invert every day and keep your back and joints feeling great. I feel like a new man when I get off it. It decompresses my spine. It's great for my really awful shoulders too. Uh, some products I talk about I use regularly. Some I, I I can't because they're not for regular use. This one is. I use it twice a day before the show and after my workouts. I love it. I've done my homework. This is the best inversion table on the market. Three million people agree who put their trust in Teeter. It's the best known name in the brand. For a limited time, you can get Teeter's brand new 2019 upgraded model of the inversion table, the Teeter Fit Spine, with bonus accessories, stretch max handles. And an easy reach ankle system plus a free vibration cushion for the ultimate muscle relaxation. Teeter inversion tables of thousands of reviews on Amazon are rated at 4.6 stars. And with this deal, you'll get $150 off when you go to teeter. T-E-E-T-E-R dot com slash Dan. That's teeter.com slash Dan. You'll get free shipping, free returns, and a 60-day money-back guarantee. Remember, you can only get the new 2019 Teeter Fit Spine inversion table plus a free vibration cushion by going to teeter.com slash Dan. That's Teeter. Dot com slash Dan. This thing is awesome. You'll feel great when you get off it. OK, so I was going to talk about something else today, but being that this is broke, I feel the need to cover this quickly. So you're uh, read in on what's going on. All right. Um, a couple things happened. A couple things happened in the Manafort case. And let me uh, let me give you my, what my folks are telling me is really going on here. So yesterday you may have heard that Mueller came out in a court filing and said Bob Mueller, of course, special counsel investigating the Russian collusion hoax. Uh, And he came out in a filing and said that Paul Manafort, former limited time uh, campaign official for the Trump team, uh, in fact, had lied to him in their cooperation agreement and he made that filing with the court. So that came out yesterday. So just to be clear, Joe, what we're talking about, because it'll tie into this breaking news today and what I think is really going on here. Okay. the special counsel team, which which they, they had tried Paul Manafort. They won in trial on some charges, not all. They won. So Manafort was looking at a significant prison sentence. Paul Manafort was a upper level Trump campaign official, was then looking at a second trial. At that second trial, in order to avoid the second trial because they lost the first, Manafort agreed to take a plea, uh, to plead guilty to that second set of charges. You tracking, Joe? On yep. During that plea deal, it was promised to the special counsel that Manafort would cooperate. Now, yesterday, out of the blue, we see this filing by Bob Mueller saying, hey, Manafort lied to us. Uh, This is a big trouble. You know, red alert. 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 Danger, Will Robinson, right? (laughs) Now, what's really going on here? Before I get to the Julian Assange stuff, which is important. Here's what's going on here. Mueller needs to save face, Joe. Bob Mueller's investigation, as if you're a regular listener to the show, as I've said repeatedly, is a farce. They are not investigating Russian collusion for the 15 millionth time. There's no Russian collusion. Mueller went to Manafort, hoping Manafort would probably, um, how do I say this, Joe? Exaggerate claims about the Trump Tower meeting. Go back and listen to yesterday's show if you missed it. That's acceptable, yeah. Yeah, Manafort, exaggerate, right? <laughs> Manafort was in the Trump Tower meeting with Don Jr. and the Russians connected to the Clinton campaign, right? hmm They need that meeting. It's the only thing they have trying uh, tying the Trump team to this Russian collusion thing, right? It's the only thing they have, that meeting. They don't want you to know that the meeting was with people connected to the Clinton team. So they need this meeting to appear like it was a real effort to collude to win the election because it's the only thing they have. Despite the fact that nothing of substance happened at the meeting, because Don Jr. walked out after it turned into a big nothing burger, right? Yeah. Manafort was in that meeting. He was hey. in the meeting. My guess is when Manafort tra- Joe stop me immediately if this doesn't make sense. Will do. My guess is Bob Mueller, a complete witch hunter, Bob Mueller, in total desperation time, is now realizing his investigation's about to close out. How do we know this? Because they're getting ready to sentence two key players, Mm -hmm. Papadopoulos and Manafort. Why does that matter? And why does that mean the case is probably closing out? Joe, as a former federal agent myself, when you are gaining key cooperation from someone, in other words, if you're involved in a bank robbery, Joe, and you're testifying against your your co-conspirators in the bank robbery, I don't want to sentence you until you've provided everything possible. Why is that? Because once I've sentenced you, the legal penalty is over. Yeah. You can turn around, flip the middle finger and say, no, thanks. I'm going to take my jail time now. You don't. Because what's Joe hoping for? Yeah. A reduced sentence. You don't. Folks, does this make sense? Oh, you don't sentence someone in a federal case or or if you're a special counsel, ask for sentencing because the judge is going to do the sentencing. Obviously, I want to be precise and crystal clear on this. Trust me on this one, please, mm-hmm. ladies and gents. You don't ask for sentencing to happen, which is what the Mueller team is doing. They're not fighting it. You don't ask for it to happen against Papadopoulos and Manafort unless you believe there is no further cooperation now. Now, 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 now. it's starting to make sense. You may say, but Dan, you're saying two separate things. You're now saying that the, Man- the Mueller team went back to court on the sentencing portion in the filing and said, hey, hold on. This guy lied to us. Yes. Yes. Just when they thought I was out, they pull me back in. <laughs> You're darn right. Back in there. Back in there. I've never seen The Godfather, which is an embarrassment. for me. I've never seen that movie. I know. it's. I know. Folks, I get it. It's horrible. You're going to all email me how terrible it is, <laughs> so I know. You know the cut, though. <laughs> I know the cut. You're darn right I know the cut. Yeah, it might you know it reminds me of uh of uh of, of Bane and Batman. Yes, there's <laughs> no time to be afraid. <laughs> You're doing it. Yeah. It comes later. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> the, the, Manafort clearly was cooperating and probably in my in my estimation, uh, told Mueller the truth that the Trump Tower meeting was a big nothing. Now, Joe, do you think that's what Mueller, the witch hunter, wants to hear right now? Absolutely not. No, because if you listen to yesterday's show, you know that's the whole case. That's all they have. Folks, I promise I got a lot more to get to today, too, not just this. So, you know, some of you uh, like the story, but there's a lot more. to. But just hang tight because this is important. This is going to break relatively quickly. All of this stuff's going to happen lickety split. Manafort right now probably told him the truth about the Trump Tower meeting. That's not what Mueller wants to hear. So Mueller, trying to put the squeeze on him, goes back and says, oh, he's lying. He's probably not lying. It's Mueller, again, threatening another charge and trying to put off this sentencing to lay the hammer onto Manafort. So Manafort tells a, let's call it, show exaggerated version of events to Mueller. Gotcha. Yeah. You picking up what I'm putting down. Big time. Now, all of a sudden, today... Because remember what I'm getting at, they're trying to put the squeeze on Manafort to tell an Aesop's fable, an exaggerated version of the Trump Tower uh, meeting, because that's all they have. They don't have anything else. There's no collusion. You can't invent it, right? All of a sudden, we see this leak come out today, Joe. Oh, oh, perfect timing. Oh, Paul Manafort may have met with Julian Assange, uh, Julian Assange, the WikiLeaks guy. Well, what would that? What would that strategically time leak? What would that be designed to do? It would be designed, Joe, if you understand how the Mueller witch hunters work, to put public pressure and liberal pre- liberals who still believe in the collusion hoax because they need mental health uh, services immediately. They still believe in the collusion hoax. He wants public opinion again to turn against Manafort by insinuating that Manafort did what this meeting with Assange was to coordinate. The leak of the DNC emails, which is what WikiLeaks did. Um, you, you, are you tracking? Yeah, yeah. This strategic leak is designed to plant a seed in the yeah. head of the media, people who hate Trump and their total phonies, liberals, and the, the anti-Trump crowd. It's meant to plant the seed. Notice, he didn't say anything. And if you read the Washington Examiner story, which I'll, I'll put in the show notes here uh, today, I got to re- remember to do that. Um, You'll read, it doesn't say anything about Manafort coordinating this leak or anything like that, but it's meant to plant the seed now that the collusion was real. Manafort coordinated this whole thing with Julian Assange to put the pressure on this guy to do what, Joe? To come back to the table with Mueller and to start exaggerating the Trump Tower story immediately. Folks, are you seeing how Uh, this is all fitting together now? yeah, 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 yeah. Now, what did I tell you about the Mueller probe? I'm going to wrap this up on this one because it's important. Mm-hmm. The Mueller probe is designed to do one thing. Keep the attention away from the Obama administration and Clinton team. Malfeasance, spying, UK involvement, UK spying with the help of the United States, FISA abuse, the massive scandal I laid out in that speech. It's just now gone viral. I think it's up to 600,000 views on YouTube. Oh. Says uh, Dan Bongino uh, exposure. I don't know. It's on YouTube, but many of you listen. I I said the title for it yesterday. Um, But it's gone nuclear, where I lay out the whole scam in a half an hour. I talk about this how Mueller's probe is designed to keep the heat off all these players by keeping the attention through media hacks and liberal police state tyrants on Donald Trump. Now, what does that have to do with the leak about Manafort and Julian Assange? Oh, oh, if you're a regular listener to the show, you already know. But if you're not, I'll fill you in. Don't worry. That's what I'm here for. Here's an article from uh, June 20th, 2018 in The Guardian. U.S. lobbyist for Russian oligarch visited Julian Assange nine times last year. Wow. A longtime U.S. lobbyist for the Russian oligarch Oleg Deripaska, remember the names, visited Julian Assange nine times at the Ecuadorian Embassy in London last year, according to visitor logs seen by The Guardian. Adam Waldman, remember the names, who has worked as a Washington lobbyist for the Metals Tycoon since 2009, had more meetings with Assange in 2017 than almost anyone else the record show. Oh, isn't that Fascinating crazy how that happens. Now, let me tie this together for you because to some of you, this doesn't make any sense. Keep in mind the lead. Let's not bury the lead. Let's put the lead at the front so you know what we're saying. The Mueller probe is well aware of Obama administration and Clinton massive malfeasance and potential criminality. Their whole purpose, the reason they were appointed, pushed by the Democrats for appointment is so Mueller could hide all of this stuff, all of it by keeping the attention on Trump. So every time A story starts to get some attention and get about the Clintons, the Uranium One scandal, all this stuff. What does Mueller do? They leak out a story about how, no, the Trump team did it too. Folks, everyone the Mueller team has interviewed that's had a connection to the Trump orbit has had a bigger connection to the Clinton Clinton orbit. Victor Pinchuk, Vexelberg, all of them, Deripaska, all of them have had bigger connections to the Clinton orbit. They interview them to shut them down and shut them up so that they don't tell the truth about their connections to the Clinton team. What I think is going on here is this guy, Waldman. This lobbyist is working for Deripaska. Oleg Deripaska is intimately connected to Vladimir Putin. He's one of his buddies. He's a big time Russian oligarch. All right. He is connected deeply. Waldman is his lobbyist. So let me just follow this. Follow me here. Waldman meets with Assange. Waldman's a lobbyist working for a Russian billionaire named Oleg Deripaska. Deripaska is intimately tied to Vladimir Putin's circle. Who is Oleg Deripaska also tied to? The FBI, which sought him out during the whole Crossfire Hurricane investigation, investigation of the Trump, sought him out for information into the Trump team. What the heck is his lobbyist doing then? Going to the Ecuadorian embassy nine times to meet with Julian Assange about hmm? did Russians inside the inner circle of Putin that were working with lobbyists and were at, the Russians that were being sought out by the FBI for information did those Russian uh, Russian insiders have some kind of in with Julian Assange about the WikiLeaks DNC emails before they were released? Now, you may say, well, Dan, I don't get it. So you're saying that this lobbyist that's working for a Russian connected to Putin went to the embassy and that the Russians may have had the DNC emails. What's the point? The point, folks, is that this same lobbyist who's meeting with Julian Assange, and we don't know about what, but we know we visit him an awful lot. Right. This same lobbyist is connected to the guy who produced the fake dossier against Donald Trump. How do we know that? Because we have his texts. He's texting a Democrat senator, Mark Warner. Those texts mysteriously appeared not that long ago, Joe. Nobody knows why. Nobody knows why they just appeared. Adam Waldman, the same guy meeting with Julian Assange, who's working for a Russian connected to Putin, is also working with Christopher Steele, the same guy paid by the Clinton team, to gin up a fake dossier used to take down the Trump team. Same guy. Same guy as Coach Stan used to tell me when I was a kid. Same guy. (laughs) No, I'm sorry. I'm messing up my stories. That was Bill Clinton in the golf game. Same guy. Same guy. Coach Stan is, come on, guy. Come on, guy. Where do you drop the fly ball? Bill Clinton, when he used to hit a bad shot in the golf, and then he hit a good one, he goes, same guy. Same guy. It's the same guy. Do you understand the connections here? So, Mueller needs to hide all this. So what does he do? They leak a story the day after it gets out that Manafort has not provided cooperation to the Trump team. He has nothing to cooperate on. So they say, oh, he may be lying. Maybe he's telling you the truth. It's just not the truth, Joe. You want to hear. Yeah. Mueller needs to save face. So he needs Manafort to exaggerate the version of events of the Trump Tower meeting. So they leaked this story to put pressure on Manafort met with Assange really because so did a lobbyist connected to the guy connected to the Clinton team met with Assange matter of fact he met nine times and Joe just so we're clear on this let's go over this again here had more meetings with Assange in 2017 than almost anyone else oh 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 isn't that spectacular where's that in Bob Mueller's report you ever wonder why that never leaks out so a lobbyist who is the linchpin between the Clinton team, because he's working with Steele, the Russians, because he's working with Deripaska, who's, who's intimately tied to Putin, a lobbyist who meets with Massa, Assange, a, a, you know, who knows? Could be about the emails, could be about something else. This That story doesn't leak out selectively. That story comes out because some entrepreneurial media types decided at some point to tell the truth. But the leaks are clear as day designed to keep the attention on Manafort, keep the heat on Manafort and keep the heat on the Trump team to make this all go away. Joe, does that make sense? Yeah, it makes sense. Sure. Yeah. Please, folks, tell me you got all that because it is crystal clear if you know what's going on, what a complete total scam this is right yeah, now. Yeah, that, that really wasn't too hard to follow. There. That's yeah. Good deal. Now, thank you. It mm-hmm. also explains the Jerome Corsi scandal here. Jerome Corsi um, is a is a writer and a content producer in the uh, oh, yeah. conservatives. He's written some books. Jerome Corsi is now claiming in some of his interviews that the Mueller team is a, is is uh, going after him and has offered him some kind of a plea deal for cooperation too. Corsi is saying, "I'm not signing it because they want me to lie, and I'm not going to lie." Now, how do I know their Mueller team again? The lead is trying to bury. The Assange connection to Adam Waldman, who's connected to the Clinton sphere through Christopher Steele. Right. How do I know that? Because Mueller's whole case against Corsi is the WikiLeaks leak. Mueller's case against Corsi goes as such. Corsi and credit Randy Credico, a radio host, and Roger Stone, Mueller believes they knew or had advanced knowledge that WikiLeaks was going to dump the DNC emails to embarrass Hillary Clinton and the Democrats. That's his whole case. I don't know what course he knows. I don't know what he doesn't know. I haven't spoken to him. I don't know him. I don't know Stone, and I don't know Credico. I'm just trying to tell you it's clear as day to me, Joe, that Mueller's keeping the heat on anybody connected to WikiLeaks, anybody who's contacted WikiLeaks, because they're trying to hide the fact that a lobbyist talking to a Democrat senator via text Adam Waldman talking to Mark Warner, who was on this intel committee investigating the collusion hoax. That a lobbyist connected to Democrats and connected to Christopher Steele, who starts this whole case with this fake dossier against Trump because he's working for the Clinton team. He's connected to them. They're trying to hide that whole thing. May I just suggest to you that the Democrats. You know what? I, 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 shame on me. I haven't said, I haven't even told you what I think they're trying to hide. I, I, I've told you that they're trying to hide this lobbyist connection to WikiLeaks, but I haven't told you what I think they're trying to hide. I think what the Mueller team and the Democrats desperately want to go away is they may have known in advance, Joe, that WikiLeaks got the emails from the DNC I see you looking. You're like leaning in, right? Yeah. (laughs) They knew it had nothing to do with the Trump team. Matter of fact, I don't trust Assange that much, but Assange has said it wasn't a Russian source. So the Democrats knew in advance that those were going to leak out and had already pre-planned a fake mythical fable story that the Trump team colluded to do it. It would make perfect sense then why a bunch of people connected to Christopher Steele and connected to a Democrat up on the hill, a Democrat Senator, a prominent one on the Intel committee would go to that embassy to meet with Assange nine times. It would make perfect sense. I'm not suggesting Assange was playing ball with them at all. I'm simply suggesting it may have been an attempt to weed out from Assange what they had and what they didn't have. Cause remember mm-hmm. Assange has the emails. He knows it. Yeah. This lobbyist connected to the Democrats may have been an attempt in advance to find out how damaging it was going to be, Joe, and to get a narrative pre-prepared when this leaked out that, look, Trump did it. Trump did it. And maybe, maybe the Manafort meeting with Assange is part of the setup the whole time. Oh, 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 that one hurt. What better way to do it? Are you tracking me? Yeah. WikiLeaks has the emails, the DNC emails. They're damaging. They've been hacked. Bad move. Everybody agrees. I don't don't agree with hacking political opponents. Period. Full stop. But they have them. Assange has them. He's in the Ecuadorian embassy. The Democrats are in the midst of a heated presidential election. The Hillary Clinton and Obama team realized these emails look really bad. Someone cooks up the idea and says, hey, uh, these are going to leak out. How do we turn this to our political advantage? Well, let's just say the Trump team did it, Well, we don't have any evidence of that. Evidence, evidence. Who needs evidence? Why don't we invite Manafort, Trump's guy, over to the embassy? Have him over here for a meeting. We can use that later. (gasps) Oh, great move. Isn't that nice? Now, all of a sudden, what leaks out today? Manafort met at the Ecuadorian embassy with Julian Assange. Folks, this setup is so crystal clear to anyone paying attention to the details that it, really you have to be wear the stupid glasses to avoid it at this point. <laughs> Poor Joe just took his glasses off. He gets it. <laughs> Listen to yesterday's show on the Trump Tower meeting, too, because it'll make sense. He is trying to desperately get Manafort to admit that there was some collusion with Julian Assange. To get the emails out there before the election, who, the emails that the Russians, uh, the, the Democrats tell you the Russians hacked. <sighs> I'm sorry if today's show is confusing, folks, but now this Trump's tweet today makes sense. People think, I, you know, I love all these people out there who are Trump fans, who always think Trump is getting played. Mm-hmm. The guy who was elected president, made a billion dollars. They always think he's an idiot. He's not. Does Trump's tweet today make sense? Trump tweets today attacking Bob Mueller. And what does he specifically mention in one of the tweets, Joe? That the DNC servers have never been examined. Oh, why would he tweet that? Now, the anti-Trump is like, he's stupid. He can't control himself. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, not so much. Folks, what's the linchpin to the entire fake Democrat story? The entire fake Democrat collusion story is that the Russians hacked the DNC and gave the emails to Trump. Or the Trump team to get him out there. That's the collusion story. That's it. And that's all it is. Right there. It's fake. It's not real. But do you understand that's the story? Show me the Russian. Show me the Russians. Joe, do you understand how that whole story falls apart mm-hmm. if the Russians didn't hack the DNC? No. Oh. Now who knows that? The person who got the emails. Julian Assange probably knows who gave him the emails. Because why? Because he got them. (laughs) Also, the DNC servers, which Trump tweeted about this morning, were never examined by the FBI. They were examined by CrowdStrike. CrowdStrike. People who sit on the CrowdStrike board have significant connections to Democrats, high-level Democrats in Washington, D.C. It was not the FBI that determined the DNC servers were hacked by the Russians. Listen to me. Take the, uh, tattoo this on your brain. The FBI, no federal, forget it, forget the FBI, no federal law enforcement agency has made the determination by their own analysis, none. Because they have not looked at the servers themselves personally, which Jim Comey has admitted under oath is the best way to do it. They have not evaluated these servers. They have not come to that determination. They were hacked by the Russians based on, I want to be clear on this, based on their own evaluation of the servers because they haven't evaluated the servers. Now, does it make sense why Trump put that out there this morning? Yeah. Because if the Russians... And I'm not saying that, I'm just saying the evidence is not conclusive that the Russians did it. But who knows that? Assange. Because Assange is the one who was the recipient of the DNC emails and he knows who he got them from. If he did not get them from someone connected at some point to the Russian orbit or sphere of influence, folks, the Democrats' entire story is garbage. You can't collude with the Russians who hacked the servers if the Russians didn't hack the servers. Now do you see why Julian Assange is such a key player in this? And Bob Mueller is so focused on shutting people up who've talked to Assange? Does it make sense? Go after Roger Stone. Go after Randy Credico. Go after Jerome Corsi. I don't know what they said to WikiLeaks or didn't. I have no idea. But I find it awfully suspicious that Adam Waldman, the lobbyist who we know met with WikiLeaks, according to The Guardian, Julian Assange, nine times more, quote, more than anyone else. I find it awfully strange that this guy's communicating with Democrat senators. He's communicating on behalf of Christopher Steele, who wrote up the dossier, and he seems to be getting a complete pass. Let me suggest to you that the Democrats knew the whole time what Assange had. And they set this up in advance. They set Manafort up in advance and a bunch of other uh satellite Trump players as well to make it look like after this leaked that they had a backstory that the Trump team did it, even though they didn't. What a scam. What a scam. What a scam a scamorama on Diana Ball. I can't believe it. I really, I, I'm, I'm astonished at, 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 the, the just the nerve of these people. It is so obvious what's going on here. If the Democrats are so confident that the Russians hacked the DNC server, then turn the servers over to the FBI. Why do you think Trump tweeted that this morning? Because Trump has the intel, folks. I am sure of it. That Donald Trump knows that the Russians. There's a good chance they did not hack that server. The whole story falls apart. You want to find out where Julian Assange show got the emails from? What's the best way to do it? Bring him to the United States and ask him. There you go. But they don't want that. The Democrats do not want Julian Assange testifying in a public space. Why? What are they so afraid of? Are they afraid Assange is going to talk about his meetings? With Democrat-connected lobbyists and Russian-connected lobbyists, yeah. are they afraid Julian Assange is going to say, "Hey, guys, I didn't get this from the Russians. The Russian collusion thing is a hoax, and the whole effort to 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 uh, to, to set up this uh, Russian collusion hoax was a set up by the Clinton and Obama team." Didn't think of that one, did you? Read the book, folks. Read the book. It's all in there. All right. Uh, Today's show also brought to you by buddies at Brickhouse Nutrition. Brickhouse Nutrition is one of my original sponsors. They make, in my humble opinion, uh, based on my experience with them and the tremendous feedback I get on their products, Uh, Brickhouse Nutrition makes the finest nutrition supplement products on the market. I want to talk today about foundation. If you take nutrition supplements for the reasons I do, you want to look better and you want to feel better, then foundation is the perfect product for you. Foundation is a creatine ATP blend. Creatine is like having, it's a phosphagen. It's like having an extra gas tank in the gym. You can lift longer. You can lift stronger. You can lift heavier. Creatine is the most well-established, scientifically studied nutrition supplement, I think, in the history of humankind. It, it, It works. It's tremendous. These guys figured out to throw ATP in there, and it's like having two extra gas tanks in the gym. It is an amazing product. Joe's kid uses it. I use it. My nephew uses it. My family uses it. My brother uses it. Everybody loves it. The product is amazing. If you doubt me, try what I call the mirror test with them, because the proof is in the pudding, right? I'm so confident this product will work for you. Before you order a bottle of foundation at BrickHouseNutrition.com slash Dan, give yourself a little look-see in the mirror. Well, you don't got to take pictures or anything. Some of you are afraid of like uh, f- people hacking in your phone, but take a mental snapshot of what you look like. And then seven days later, after you give it some time to load in your system, look again. You're going to be like, wow. You're going to have muscles in places you haven't seen before. The stuff is terrific. It's available at BrickHouseNutrition.com slash Dan. That's BrickHouseNutrition.com slash Dan. Go there today, go pick up a bottle, send me your emails about your results, you will look better, you will feel better, you will have more energy. It is an amazing, amazing product. Check out the reviews, even on their own site. It is phenomenal. Brickhousenutrition.com slash Dan. That's Brickhousenutrition.com slash Dan. Pick up a bottle of Foundation today. It should be the foundation of your new nutritional supplement program. Okay, um, moving on. I had a, a lot uh, more to talk to. Listen, the Twitter backlash is continuing. Um, I talked briefly yesterday about the just uh, a debacle. How tw- Twitter's just a—they've a, 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 descended into complete liberal activism now. Um, it's not a platform anymore. Um, they are a publisher. Twitter is banning uh, conservatives and conservative thought. Uh, they are—they are. Meanwhile, Louis Farrakhan's free to post away about uh, Jews being termites. Louis Farrakhan, anti-Semitic, uh, just just a horrible, awful uh, human being. Uh, Louis Farrakhan posts away. But Jesse Kelly uh, was banned from Twitter, an Iraq war veteran who ran for Congress and almost won the seat, by the way, uh, was banned for, you know, what they say, violating the rules. Now, I I, I don't want to redo content to redo content. I'm simply talking about this today because I tweeted something out yesterday that got a ton of retweets. Folks, Twitter needs to make a decision stat because Twitter is being uh, is immune. Twitter is immune from lawsuits right now for stuff posted on its Twitter forum, it's twitter.com and and, uh, its app, based on the Communications Decency Act, because Twitter is claiming it is a platform, not a publisher. Please follow this, because this is super important you get this, right? Mm -hmm. The Communications Decency Act absolves them of not all, but a significant amount of legal liability for things posted on Twitter Because Twitter's claiming we're a platform, we're not responsible for the content. So God forbid Joey Donuts goes on Twitter and makes a criminal threat against Joe Armacost. Joe, I don't like Muttley, and I'm coming for you, Joe. Twitter can't be sued for that. Twitter can't be sued under the Communications Decency Act because they're claiming they're a platform. In other words, hey, it's not us. Mm -hmm. We're just providing an open forum for people to do stuff. Now they're supposed to do something about it and they have these terms of service and things like that. But they are shielded right now from a lot of legal liability claiming they're a platform. Twitter is not a platform, folks. Twitter clearly has turned into a publisher. That is far different. There is a big difference supposedly, supposedly as Twitter's claiming between Twitter and the New York Times. The New York Times is a publisher. They publish their content. They have to vet their content. If New York Times writes an article about Joe Armacost and lies and says Joe was born on Jupiter, um, and therefore Joe is a space alien with alien DNA, hmm. Joe is perfectly within his right to sue the New York Times and haul their butts into court. Mm-hmm. Because they're a publisher. They exercise control over what is on their platform. You may say, now you're probably catching on. You're going, wait, doesn't Twitter do the same thing? Yes, exactly. Exactly. Twitter's not a platform. Twitter is banning conservative thought, claiming it violates their rules in terms of service when their ru- rules in terms of service seem to be no conservative thought allowed. As far as, I don't, know, I, I, I don't all right. know Jesse Kelly well. I, want to be, I know him. I met him a couple times, and I don't un- follow all of his tweets. I'm not even sure. If I think I follow him, but I'm not sure. I mean, it doesn't matter now. He's off Twitter. But I think I did. But unless you're going to tell me Jesse Kelly broke the law, violated the law, threatened someone, I don't understand what your case is other than you just don't like what he's you just don't like his ideology, which makes you, Joe, a publisher, not a platform. Mm -hmm. Yeah, folks, I am not for government. I can't say this enough. It is the easy, cheap way out, and it will burn us in the long run. I am not for independent social media commissions, but let's be candid here. Twitter is the new telephone. It is. And pretending it's not doesn't do us any good either. Twitter is the telephone of the modern era. If the telephone company got to say, uh, you know what? Joe's a conservative who's espousing um, whatever, tax cuts for, for, uh, for people who make $500,000. We don't like that. We're going to cut his telephone service off? Joe would sue and win in court. Mm-hmm. Twitter claiming they're a platform when in fact they're a publisher is outrageous. They are the telephone company of our time. They are not simply a social media company. They become a forum to communicate on a mass scale. When you shut someone down like that, you shut down their business. You shut down, in many cases, their livelihood. You sh- Folks, this is real. There are real economic and financial damages to this. this you, that brings it more into focus, that last illustration. Uh, good. Yeah. I'm glad, it th- and I hope yeah. it makes sense to you, too. If it was not the modern-day telephone company, this wouldn't be as big of a deal. People's entire livelihoods, in some cases, revolve around this. Jesse Kelly's had a real job. He's had a real career in the military, one of heroism and patriotism. He's now a radio host. Because some, you know, I, I get it. Some people are like, oh, his is income revolves around Twitter. What is he, some kind of grifter? He puts his content out there. Folks, I've had a real job. I'm in my fourth career now. I produce, produce conservative content that thankfully... Respectfully to you, you seem to like. We have a, you know, we have the second or third biggest conservative podcast in the country. Twitter, if we were to be banned from Twitter tomorrow like Kelly was, Jesse Kelly, it would do significant damage. These are real damages. What am I suggesting? Folks, Twitter should lose its platform status and should be declared a publisher tomorrow morning. I'm not suggesting that. And what would that do? It would open up people who would be allowed to sue them now, because this is ridiculous. And make Twitter go into court and defend terms of service, terms of service on their site that clearly are weighted towards booting out conservatives. Make them defend it in court. They are not a platform anymore. They have forfeited their platform status. The secret to free speech, Joe, against speech you don't like is more speech, not less. And listen, one more thing on this before I move on, because this is an important story. I'm not for government regulation, but I'm not for government protection, Joe, of a racket either. Is that clear? Maybe that's the best way to sum it up. I am absolutely not for additional regulation. We will lose. I am for small government, even when it hurts me personally. But that's not what I'm arguing for here. The government has given them a legal protection racket by declaring them a platform under the CDA. They are not a platform. They are clearly a publisher at this point. And if they intentionally cause financial damages to people and cannot produce a reason why, then you know what? They should have some legal, uh, they should have some legal ability to seek, uh, seek recourse as well. This is the telephone company of our time, folks. They have screwed over people left and right. Now, one last thing on this. This is going to, Twitter is, for the, listen, I know some people at Twitter listen to my show because we get the emails. Joe got one from a different social media company once. I'm not going to say who or what, but you know who you are. They listen. I'm not suggesting Jack Dorsey, the CEO of Twitter listens, but people of these companies listen. Let me warn you, in absolutely no uncertain terms, tactically speaking, you have screwed up. You've crossed the Rubicon. You have screwed up so badly, there is almost no returning from this now. The Streisand effect is real. What's that? Well, we talked about this a few weeks ago. Barbara Streisand once, according to some stories, asked some paparazzi not to take photos of her house. Well, what promptly happened? They took more photos. Every every paparazzi (laughs) showed up and started taking photos of the house and then started, hey, these are the photos Barbara Streisand doesn't want you to see. In other words, it's called the Streisand effect. When you make a, it also reminds me of the movie G.I. Jane, which uh, yeah, you know, I used to watch it when I was younger, right? the, the Demi Moore movie, where she becomes a Navy SEAL. Champion. At one point, the uh, the guy who runs uh, the the SEAL uh, the SEAL training program brings her in the office, and she says, "You know, I'm not looking to make a statement here." And he says the greatest line ever. He says, "People who don't want to make statements don't make statements about not making statements. <laughs> Think about it. People who don't want to make statements." Don't make statements about not making statements. That's a great line. Twitter's saying, no, no, we don't want to make a statement against conservatives. But they're making statements about not making statements by constantly having to defend their attack on conservatives. Folks, the Streisand effect is real. The more they boot conservatives off the platform, the more these conservative profiles are going to grow and grow and grow and the more attention is going to be calcified about twitter being a publisher and not a platform and the more damage it's going to ensue. I'm telling you, I know a lot of you are impatient with this and you want the government to fix it. They won't, they'll only make it worse. But I'm telling you to smile a little bit because I'm absolutely sure twitter is on borrowed time. I for I can't for I can't divulge everything. I can't. It would be unfair to people, but I'm telling you now, listen to me. Take it to the bank. This is is real. This is not speculation. A lot of you have already figured out what I'm talking about. There are very big players. Very big. I'm not talking about Dan Bongino. I'm talking about on a scale 20, 30 times, if not more. There are very big players who know exactly what's going on right now with Twitter. And the forces are marshalling against them right now. Just Be patient, stay active, stay on them. And I want to reiterate my suggestion that we implement a Twitter blackout. I'm not big enough on Twitter to do it myself. We need someone to get involved who has a big, big following, preferably the president himself. (laughs) We don't need to do it for long because the president's Twitter is valuable. But we need to send a message for a day or two, keeping the public attention on them that this is now a publisher, not a platform. This is important. This is the communications conundrum of our time. How do we fight back against the social media liberal activists who run these countries, uh, run these companies, excuse me, and want to shut down the telephone service of our time? I'm telling you, this is how we do it. We get all these people involved who are, one of them's involved right now. You've Many of you figured out who it is. They are engaged in a prolonged Twitter blackout that, believe me, is doing a lot more damage to Twitter than it is to said company. Because Twitter functions in a marketplace of ideas. Where do they get the ideas from, Joe? You. Yeah, us. Joe and I voluntarily take our time to go on their website and freely give them content. If that shuts down and people just stop posting, Twitter's got nothing but a bunch of silly liberals screaming at each other in mama's basements roasting s'mores You know, watching whatever internet porn on their iPads together—they've got nothing else. It's coming. Twitter better realize here they have crossed the Rubicon. They have gone way too far. They're stupid enough, Joe, that I don't think they've picked it up though. Mm. And you know what, Twitter? Seriously, I'm—I'm putting it. Ban me? I really don't care anymore. Yeah, it's going to be a financial cost to me, and. You know, it helps to be able to, to, to get on the forum and talk to people. Ban me, too. I'm serious. I don't care anymore. I don't care anymore. I, for the last few days, I've been using Twitter only on, only to bash Twitter and their policies, by the way, if you follow. <laughs> and Mueller. But ban me, too. Streisand effect. I'll use that. You can't win that. Ban me, too. I will be everywhere talking about that. And we'll highlight what a, what, a, what, a, what, a, what a publisher, an ideological hegemon you've become. Do it. Go ahead. I dare you. We'll see. Ban us all. You watch what happens. Yeah. Be nice to have a phone book with no phone numbers in it, wouldn't it, Joe? Mm. Unlisted, 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 unlisted. The <laughs> phone book kind of loses its value. So does Twitter when Joe Armacost, well, you know what we should all tweet? Hmm. We should, all, we should all tweet every day, three, four times a day, nothing but hashtag ban. That's all we should tweet. for. Like the, that's a way to do it. For the, don't, no content at all. Don't even put anything in there. Just tweet, hashtag ban. You think people want to see all day on Twitter, nothing but hashtag ban? That's the point. Just like no one wants to read a phone book that has a bunch mm-hmm. of unlisted numbers. That's what we should do. For the next week, we should all tweet six and seven times a day, nothing but hashtag ban. Twitter timelines would be banned, 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 banned. Twitter would lose all functionality. There's an idea for you. I just thought of that one. Someone get that started. Folks, I'm just not big enough. I wish I, the show's big enough, but the Twitter profile, I only have 770,000 followers. You need someone with millions and millions who's connected to other people with millions to do it. I don't connect with that political inner circle. So uh, I stay away from it for a reason. Hashtag banned. I like that. idea. All right. A couple more stories to get through. All right. Today's show, how my wife just did this. It's so cool. Uh, this is a really, really great service. This is holiday mm-hmm. cards, right? Everybody, I know I like them. I do. I'm not just saying that because they're a sponsor. Um, really, I, re- I enjoy them. You know why? I like to see what people's kids, how they've grown up. Like I see little Joe sometimes. When I saw little Joe, Joe said yeah. he was little Joe. He's, I tell you right now, he's not little Joe anymore. <laughs> I call him little Joe, but he's still, he's big Joe now. You saw him, he's like a muscle guy now, You know. But I enjoy the Christmas cards because I look and I see these kids I grew up with uh, when they were little babies when I was up in Severna Park, Maryland. I see my neighbor's kids. They're in college. I'm like, oh my gosh, is this the same kid? I love the holiday cards, but let's be on- honest about it. It's a real pain in the butt getting them printed up. No, 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 not anymore. Not with Minted. With Minted, we figured this system out. My wife just did it. They are beautiful. Did you ever get the perfect holiday card from someone and wish you had the time and creativity to do that too? This holiday season, you can with Minted.com. Mint, like the flavor. Minted.com. Minted.com. Send the perfect holiday card. Sending it is an art. A unique design, exquisite materials, and make it one of a kind. That's what you get at Minted.com. The best designs by independent artists. This thing is so easy. My wife did it in, I think it was like 10 minutes, maybe less I And mean, We could have done it in less time than that. Listen, you simply pick up your phone, get your holiday cards, and you want to text a photo. Pick a photo from your phone. Doesn't matter, Joe, what it is. It can be little Joe bench pressing 315 pounds. You want that on your holiday card? I'll take that. It's a cool holiday card. Joe, just go to your phone, pick the photo, and text it to CARDS. CARDS, C-A-R-D-S. That's 22737. Text the photo to 22737. Text it to CARDS, 22737. And Mint. it will text you right back with some simple questions. Choose from different categories, a minimalist, a frame you want on it. You want an elegant look, a botanical look, an edgy look, bohemian chic, traditional colors, non-traditional colors, whatevs. Just answer the questions and you can customize your beautiful holiday cards. It's so easy. It's stylish choices are terrific. We narrowed it down pretty quickly. It took my wife about 10 minutes. Again, text the photo on your phone you want to use for your holiday card to CARDS. That's 22737 you will love it. They are absolutely beautiful. You don't want to miss this stuff, folks. It is absolutely fantastic. It's the only, only place to get truly unique holiday cards. It's not off the shelf. It's not one size fits all. They're created by independent artists. Give you the very best designs. 22737. Text that photo today. Also, you get free custom envelopes and free recipient addressing. Uh, text your photo uh, to two. And by the way, a free recipient addressing, too. Text cards. Uh, text your photo to cars. 22737. All right, folks, thank you very much for your patience. That's a great company. Perfect time of year for that. Okay, uh, moving on. Folks, regarding this caravan, this is absolutely uh, disgraceful, what has happened here uh, with this this attack on our border, which is what it was. And let's not pretend it was otherwise right now. So a border official was on CNN the other day. And this is important that you understand this because the left – Sorry, I'm just looking for the... Oh, here it is. Okay. The left has tried this before. Listen, nothing is... I was talking to a friend of mine in, in, the, in the gym the other day. Um, really nice guy I, I chat with once in a while. And he was making a comment that when you study history, and he's right, Joe, that you realize that there's nothing new under the sun. Like, if this is all, we've been here before. Uh, history, you know, technology's changed, but human beings are the same, right? And one of the things I wanted to read you in on is the left understands the PR strategy. The left understands the PR strategy behind turning public opinion. Now, the question is, what are they trying to turn public opinion against, and why does that matter to you? The migrant caravan, this is very strategic what's happening here. The caravan, Joe, the public opinion has largely turned against this migrant Mm -hmm. caravan. Chaos is not a brand. Chaos doesn't sell. If you read a lot of the material I've been reading and getting some stuff I'm getting from activist groups in D.C., the the left and a lot of these connected groups that were financing the logistics behind moving thousands of people to hit the U S border at roughly the same time, right? The people who were doing this show, let's be crystal clear. They thought this was going to be a political winner against Donald Trump because it was going to make his administration look like it was chaotic. Now, let me give you the background. And if I'm not Mm -hmm. clear on the show, stop me. What I'm getting from my folks is that the success the left had on two fronts, on the travel ban, and by success, I mean the success in courts and in the media. Trump, oh, he's banning Muslims. That's a lie. That's just, he was not, it, Muslims are not banned from the United States. That's just a lie. You're an idiot if you believe it. Whatever. The media put that out there, right? So they had a lot of success with the travel ban in the media and the courts. They also, Joe, had a lot of success in the media, politically speaking, and in the courts, with the Flores settlement, the uh, separation of children from their parents who right. crossed the border illegally. They, the left feels like those were huge political winners and legal winners for them in the courts, right? So what I'm getting from my peeps is that the left decided that if you know one or two wins was good, the travel ban and the separation of children at the border politically, because the media is in our pockets and they'll lie for us, that what better way, Joe, to make this worse for Donald Trump than to send tens of thousands of people to the border at the same time to make this look like it's a, totally a train wreck. The Trump administration. We could file lawsuits, and we could basically open the border on our own. Yeah. Are you tracking? They grossly miscalculated. Grossly miscalculated. Public opinion is overwhelmingly, not plurality wise, majority wise, against this caravan. It has been a political disaster, and the legal system, as of yet, is not complete. Now it's there. Listen, the judges are not in our pockets right now. We obviously lost with Judge Judge Tigar. But they haven't opened the border yet. Again, I'm not suggesting that it wasn't a loss in court. The legal system's a train wreck. Please don't. I'm not defending them. It's a mess. The Judge Teegar decision was awful. That basically you can come anywhere. uh, You can can show up anywhere along the border and claim asylum. It's an absurd, outrageous decision. I think we'll win in the Supreme Court. But the left is worried they're going to lose that decision in the Supreme Court. And give Trump a victory. And they're worried because public opinion is going against them. Listen to me. I'm telling you the people I'm getting this from are very well connected. The leftist groups are panicking. We're winning on this one because chaos is not salesmanship. Nobody likes chaos. We are winning. What does that have to do with the storming of the border and what happened this weekend? Well, if you read the piece upon Geno.com, Gino.com, it's up in the show notes today. Uh, please check it out. It's important. I have a lot of good stories up in my show notes today. You'll see... That the left, in an act of desperation, decided it would be a good idea to kind of incentivize people to rush the border at one time. And do what, Joe? Push women and children from the, in the front of the line. Erroneous! It, you're damn right, erroneous. You're darn right. Women and children to the front of the line. Get women and children hurt. Put them in the front of the line. Why would they do that, Joe? Because they yeah. are desperate to turn the public relations war back in their direction. They needed the U.S. government to defend the border, which they did. Mm -hmm. And when they did it, the left was already prepared with the narrative that existed two weeks ago. How did the narrative exist two weeks ago? The the storming of the border just happened this weekend. No, 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 folks. None of this was by mistake. They wanted the picture of just one woman with a kid and a tear gas container or pepper spray container anywhere near her. And that's going to be the United States government gases, women and kids. Now. Here is a high-ranking border official in an article up at Bongino.com on CNN, where he immediately calls CNN out. He says, what I find unconscionable is that people would intentionally take children into this situation. This is a border guy who was there. What we saw over and over yesterday was that the caravan would push women and children towards the front and then begin throwing rocks at our agents," said Scott, the border patrol official. The border chief also shot down the mainstream media narrative of, quote, peaceful protests and asylum seekers. Here's what he said. He said, I kind of challenge that this was a peaceful protest so that the majority of these people were claiming asylum. We ended up making 42 arrests. Only eight of them were female, and they were only a few cho- there were only a few children involved. The ma- vast majority of the people we dealt with were adult males. Folks, where did they learn this tactic? Ever see the Palestinian-Israel uh, Palestinian yep. issue on the border? Gaza and other places, West Bank, what do they do? Palestinians, they have crews ready there to get what they want to document as Israeli human rights abuses on tape. And there have been credible allegations that some of this stuff by them is staged in order to turn the PR offensive against Israel. The left already knows this tactic, folks. This has been tried in other places before. History, it repeats itself over and over. There is nothing new under the sun. The left and the leftist groups behind this caravan are absolutely, you see where I'm going with this? Desperate to change public opinion. They needed a a Hail Mary pass. Their Hail Mary pass was, hey, we've tried this before in other international skirmishes to turn PR against Israel and other places. Let's get some women and kids. Let's put them at the front of the line. This is from a border official himself who was there. Let's throw a few rocks. And then when the tear gas or pepper spray comes over in defense of the U.S. border by Border Patrol, we get this all on tape and we turn public opinion against the United States. Do you understand these people hate this country? Do you understand that these people hate this country? I'm not talking about the caravan now. I'm talking about the people doing this now, the people who stand People who storm the country illegally and throw rocks at Border Patrol. Don't, don't mistake this for me defending them. I mean, they're criminals straight up, mm-hmm. straight up through and through. But the people behind the organization of this caravan and the devious tactics get the U.S. to respond using a, a non-lethal deterrence. And to use it in a PR offensive against this country, these people hate the United States. That's why I opened up the segment saying, who are they trying to turn public opinion against? us these people hate this country don't sugarcoat it don't run away from it don't be afraid to talk about it the people doing this hate the united states they need you to think of the united states as some imperialist uh gluttonous capitalist empire and in order to do it they've been engaged in a decades long none of none of this is new none of it an anti-american um anti-constitutional republic campaign and anything they can do. These are a lot of these people are U.S. citizens. Far left liberal radical progressives are engaged in a multi-decade long PR campaign using liberal media hacks who will immediately get their narrative out there that the United States is an awful place. And they were hoping that there was just a canister of tear gas anywhere near a kid or an adult or a woman. Because their narrative was going to be, look how bad the United States sucks. It gasses people just looking for a better living. Really? Looking for a better living by throwing cinder blocks at our Border Patrol people? I I don't think that's the case. You see it? There's nothing new here. Stay strong. To the president and the administration, defend our border. The public is with you. Everybody sees what the left is doing. This was a desperation Hail Mary pass. The administration did the right thing. And I'll tell you, at least in this case, I'm a little disappointed in the Mexican government. But in this specific isolated incident, they did the right thing, too. The Mexican government uh, arrested some what 42 people or 500 people. I forget the exact number. and told them, no, no, now you're out of here, too. Again, I'm not. Mexico could have handled this whole situation a lot better. But at least in that incident, you throw a rock, you're out. You're done. There will never be asylum for you, ever. Coordinated attack against our country. Make no mistake about it. They've tried this before. They've learned this lesson overseas. You haven't seen the last of it. All right, folks. Thanks again for tuning in. I really appreciate it. Thanks for all the sales at the uh, Dan Bongino store yesterday on the website. Again, all of our proceeds go to charity. We really appreciate your generosity. did very well yesterday, so pick up some of that stuff if you want. And uh, I humbly request of you that you subscribe to our podcast. It is free, gratis, of no cost to you, but it, it's the subscriptions that help us move up the iTunes charts. I don't know if you know that. If you ever get involved with a podcast, their are top charts where people can find our podcast because that's where they go. They want to see the popular shows are. It's based almost exclusively on subscriptions, not exactly downloads. So you go to iTunes, there's a subscribe button. It's totally free. If you have an iPhone. If you have a Samsung or whatever kind of device, a non-IOS device, just go to iHeartRadio or SoundCloud and you can click follow. Uh, You can go to Spotify. Um, You can also listen on our website, Bongino.com. It says listen to uh, the podcast. You just play that and all the shows are available right there. We really appreciate it. Thanks a lot, folks. I'll see you tomorrow. You just heard the Dan Bongino Show.